3: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls to the Wombo Combo podcast, episode number six, to be precise, but an episode where we get a talk major. The major has finally begun this last week. so already plenty to discuss when it comes to that. And the good thing about it, too, is that there's still a lot of major left all throughout the week into next weekend. So this podcast show, Obviously, a lot of it's going to really be centered around the major and looking forward to having some fun discussion. I'm Breaky CPK, as always, joined by BSJ. BSJ, how you doing?
1: Doing pretty good, man. There's been some solid surprises so far in the major. So despite what we most consider a kind of stale meta, it's still been interesting for me to watch these games.
3: Yeah, there's obviously been some interesting results as well as uh, definitely some uh, see if it's on some quirky hero picks here and there, as you'd expect in a major when 16 teams are playing from all over the world, anything can happen. Uh, so our, our hopefully our last event with this patch, but still uh, bringing entertainment. Before we get too much into the discussion, one thing I do want to note is that Prediction is helping to give back for the holidays. Uh, you can support the Center for Education Innovation to help kids' life skills through esports. You can make a difference for giving Tuesday by going to bit.ly backslash c-e-i-e-s or ceie Sports. So there you go. You can check it out there uh, for a good cause. All right. But as far as this show is concerned, again, a lot of major discussion. And actually, we're going to be joined by an awesome guest as a result. Somebody that's not only doing major coverage, but, of course, is coming off the minor. Uh, the one and only LD from Beyond the Summit will be joining us. Uh, obviously, a longtime cast in the scene. And uh, definitely, I consider a friend at least. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, we'll bring him on in about 10 minutes from now. But uh, I'm sure he, he'll have plenty to say when it comes to this event.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to talk to one of the legendary greats of of the Dota casting scene, especially now that he's back. Yeah,
3: yeah. that's always, always the pogs and chat and everything whenever you see <laughs> LD casting. That's something else, uh, of course, I plan to talk with him about. See, see what the deal is there, right? Because as you mentioned, he, he's back. And, you know, what does that really mean for him and his future plans? So that's just one of the several questions we'll have for him uh, when we do bring him on. But we figured before we bring it on, we, we wanted to give ourselves a chance before the limelight's on LD, understandably, uh, to discuss the major and uh, at least so far how it's played out. And there's a couple of storylines, certainly, I think, that are worth bringing up and kind of talking as a whole. And to start it off, one of the biggest ones, of course, is the success of North America Dota. I mean, you you, 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 right? Like, let's go America. I mean, uh, you and I both are NA fans, obviously, when it comes to Dota. But I can't say either one of us predicted this, certainly. Uh, But how about this J-Storm right now, even as we're doing this live podcast? They're currently in the upper bracket finals as they even defeated Liquid. Also coming out of their uh, J-Storm came out of their group in second place, but they got to winners as a result. They defeated Liquid two games to one. So now they are matched up against. TNC, and then both Fighting Pandas and Evil Geniuses happening to get uh, second place for Fighting Pandas in first place, or actually they both got second place, excuse me, in their groups as well, but that allowed them to get to winners. They played later today uh, as, again, we're doing this live show here, but NA, right now, all three of the teams are still alive in the top side of the bracket. That is crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, first for everything, I guess. Uh, I think the biggest surprises are, like, I guess... For me, it's not on the side necessarily of NA, but on the side of like the other teams. So, EHOME, I thought was going to put on a better showing. So, obviously, dropping to Fighting Pandas. Um, I really thought that Team Aster was going to put on a better showing and Team Liquid was going to put on a worser showing. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny how that flip flopped in my head. I thought it was going to be like EG, then Aster, then Liquid in that group. Um, and then in the other side, I think Gambit, you know, you have your next point up here is the CIS region. I think Gambit was just entirely flopped. You know, after watching them at ESL, they got second place. They went five games against TNC. I was really high hopes for this team. And it's just funny, because I watched that event in great depth. So to see that event come, because I was working it, to have that event turn into this one, where Liquid looked like they were in shambles, and then Gambit looked like they had a lot of upward potential, and then you come to this event, and you know, Liquid's 2-0 in their group. Obviously, they dropped out of the winner's bracket, but, and then on the other hand, all four teams that got bottom in their group dropped out. So the teams that were like bottom of the group clearly were the worst in the tournament. You know, they all lost uh, both series. They played in the group stage and then they lost their best of one uh, in the lower bracket. So, uh, I, you know, I, I will attribute NA. I'll, I'll try to give it the props when it's due, but I also think it has to do with underwhelming performances from other regions.
3: And that's fair. You know, we, we obviously have to look at results. You have to look at the matches. So it's not just simply, you know, NA still three teams in the winner's bracket. They, they must be the best region in the world right now. I mean, that's not necessarily the case. This kind of goes back to the format. And I know you and, uh, we've had a discussion in previous podcast shows about it. It is the four groups, uh, GSL format, as they like to call it, which essentially is this mini double elimination. My, own, my, my only issue with it is that it, it, it seems like the amount of teams that you get to compete against is, somewhat small uh, and it, it really does in a lot of ways come down to maybe the matchups within your group and how you, yeah. how you see it. So that's, that, that does take into consideration. I really wish it was at least like two groups of eight, maybe more of that Swiss format around Robin to be a little more fair. Not the case though. You know, it is what it is. So, yeah, I agree.
1: It definitely like if one team overperforms or one team underperforms because of the format, it will drastically influence a team's capability of being in the upper bracket or not.
3: Yeah. And it's, it's funny. You know, as I actually reminded myself as I'm going through the three and eight teams. Yeah. The fact that all the NA teams actually finished second. And of course the most notable one certainly has to be evil geniuses. They did not win their group. That was because a team liquid actually defeated them two to one in their winner match series in that group. So liquid looking hot there, Then they lose earlier today. Again, as we're doing this live recording, they lost to J-Storm in their first-round matchup. Uh, So certainly J-Storm definitely has something going, who, like I said, also finished second in their group. Fighting Pandas, to me, is a little bit of a surprise. I will say, I mean, they had to beat E-Home Eventually, they actually lost EMI, actually casted that series. They did look a little flat and, and kind of as we almost expected them to going into this event. But then on the other side of it, you know, E-Home wasn't necessarily their strongest performance either. And, of course, as mentioned, they then lost them in that decider match, which allowed Finding Pandas uh, to get to the winner. So you look at it from that perspective, it's like, OK, you know, not to overreact. But still, I mean, it is it, these are facts. The three and eight teams are in the top portion, which is no doubt you. Uh, you know, pretty crazy in itself. I will say Fighting Pandas plays VG Gaming later today in the first series. That is a 2 nothing VG Gaming for me, pretty handily, considering I have them being a top-three team. Uh, IG versus EG, though, that is going to be one of the better series, I think, of this whole tournament.
1: Yeah, I'm super hyped for that one. Uh, I mean, EG, you know, they could have won their group, right? But the way that the groups work is that first place plays the second place. So they knew that the other NA teams weren't going to win their their groups, right? So they knew if they got first, they'd be playing against another NA team, which is not what you want to be doing, right? Patriotism, United, et cetera. And I gotta you gotta make sure everyone's able to stay and pass the first round. But in all honesty, that is the hypest game for me. We talked about IG last week being super exciting to watch, like coming into the major. Last year, they had Vici Gaming that came out of the minor and ended up winning the major. Uh, I think we were both on the same page that IG could potentially do that exactly. as well, just how good they looked during the minor, and there's a real question of what they would turn that into going to the major. I will say, though, they haven't proved themselves yet. They've beaten J-Storm, Beast Coast, and like the group of J-Storm, Beast Coast, and Gambit, which has not proven to be all that impressive just yet. Yes, J-Storm beat Liquid, but I-, I need to see Vici or TNC get contested. Those are the two teams for me that stand above the rest now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, TNC was my favorite uh, going into the major, so uh, I, these two teams have proved. Like, I think what I love about watching hero teams like TNC is they just win with some of the weirdest stuff. Like, just first rounding the Mag PA and then doing Venomancer uh, plus the Prophet. Like, that's something. Like, their whole idea is we're going to pick three heroes that shove lanes, and then we're going to have PA hit Jungle Creeps. And I just think it seems so simple on paper, but they're able to make it work against lineups where they're forcing their opponent to pick Night Stalker yeah. because they pick it. Exactly. So yeah. They, they just prove that they can own it. It's like, it's really cool. Um, the way TNC works, right? Because we saw them in ESL picking Morph Shaker, and then the other team would pick Morph Shaker, and then they would dismantle it, and you're like, oh, Morph Shaker doesn't look that great when they're not playing it. And same thing with Heroes Like Night Soccer. So uh, very cool to watch that kind of team and to see them just look that, even though they lost one game to Alliance, I still think they look they've looked almost certainly dominant throughout the course of this tournament so
3: far. Yeah, it's also I actually had the chance to cast them in the group A matches there in both of their series, and they they absolutely look dominant. I mean, of course, unknown now, not surprising they beat them 2-0 like they did. E home a little bit some sub- more solid of a challenge, but they e Home actually let them get that Earthshaker Morphling combo that we talk about, and yeah. that is probably the most ridiculous to it right now, it's safe to say. Certainly getting toned down on the patch. But you you hinted at it as well, the, the safe play night stalker, Gabby playing that. Night Stalker, man. It's, uh, that, that's that been an interesting development within this this later on in the meta, uh, the current patch that we have. And uh, TNC, just this very aggressive team in the first place. Uh, it's been fun to watch that work. I will say in the Alliance series, though, the one game that they lost – uh, Alliance actually drafted the Safe Lane Night Stalker themselves. Nico Baby ended up playing it, and that's the game that Alliance won. It took like 70 minutes, I think. Uh, it went really long, but ultimately Alliance was able to be victorious in that first game. But then the next two were, went the way of TNC, uh, as we mentioned. So it's it's going to be interesting to continue to see these these development in these strategies, as we always have uh, with this tournament, of course. And uh, going back to uh, we you know last week's show, we gave our early predictions as far as maybe top three teams. Gambit was one of my top three, so you know, touching back on that, uh, Gambit's certainly not looking that great. I will say in their group, they lost two one to J Storm. They lost two one to Beast Coast. So obviously going three games in both of those series, but certainly series that they are very capable of winning. And then they dropped their best at a one to Team Aster, which is a, is a Chinese team that, uh, you know, can be hit or miss. And at least in that case, they they were hit uh, despite finishing bottom two in their group. But, yeah, as, as a region, man, CIS, Gambit, and Team Spirit, after finishing uh, so well in the minor with the CIS teams, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, CIS, at least one of these teams, was going to perform well, but uh, not the case. So a little bit of mix of the group stages. And, again, this best-of-one losers bracket, so much can happen. But uh, that 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 is what happened in the end. So, and then one more thing with the, with the lower bracket. Uh, this morning, actually, as I caught like, up, I was able to catch the Beast Coast, uh, Adroit series. Wow, uh, Adroit was up twenty thousand or so net worth earlier on in the game. They did have a very farmed Alchemist Adroit should have won this game, but they overstepped a little bit going in the base and beast coast. You got to give them credit. They, they, they played with uh, composure to an extent uh, and Hector on his life stealer. He absolutely carried for beast coast. So beast coast was on the verge though of being knocked out in that 13, 16 spot. And I was, I was, I was getting ready to like, think about what I was going to say on the podcast today about South American Dota and beast coast needing really prove themselves. If they got to step up. They're still in it, though. They're still in it. We'll see how much further they make it, but at least Beast Coast is still alive for now, albeit it was very close. To be
1: fair, Beast Coast wins have never been clean, even when they're at TI, even when they're at ESL. like I, I watch their games, and uh, the almost defining trait that I watch of them winning games is it feels like the opponent should have won, and then they win. Yeah. So it's kind of deceiving to me to say that specifically about Beast Coast, just because so often I think they're strength comes through chaos that they create in the game and the ability to force the opponent to make mistakes that they wouldn't otherwise make and so it's just funny you look at the kill score it's 41 to 25 in favor of a droid and that's about the most beast coast type of victory you can imagine so obviously they still have a lot to prove but in no way is it surprising to me that that's how they pull out their best at one
3: it was uh, it was crazy, man. But again, they're still alive, and twelve teams now remain. Of course, so just to be clear, Spirit, Gambit, and Unknown and, and Android uh, are the four teams that are so far eliminated uh, at the major. As again, we're doing this live show, so the holidays are almost here, and you know what that means—gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untucked shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T. .com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, we've talked enough ourselves about the major, though. I think it's time for, uh, okay, join up. I'm going to go ahead and have LD join us on the call. Want to make sure graphics look good when he does. So we'll be joining here in a second. But, uh, yeah, this, this major, it's been a lot of fun so far. The fact that it's only two days in is just another crazy thing when you really think about it. I guess really like three days in now, technically. But, uh, um, we we still have so much more to come. All right, well, it looks like he has made it. And hello, hey uh, LD, how's it going, man? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Pretty hey, welcome good. Welcome the show. Yeah, welcome. Happy to have you on. You uh, and I know with your sleep schedule right now, it's uh, a <laughs> little, little rough for you. So I appreciate you joining us. I have the I have the easier schedule. You know, I'm doing
2: like the the first shift, so it's like you know, it's like 6 p.m. to midnight. Not too bad. Uh, some of the other boys have a little rougher, though. They're like uh, midnight until 6 a.m. Or I think the two days ago it went until like 9 a.m. local time. <laughs> so, uh, I don't have the graveyard shift, but yeah, it's it's fun.
3: Uh, happy to have you, wobble. How has the event been so far for you? I mean, how has it been casting the Major so far?
2: It's been good. You know, it's always, it's always weird not being there with the crowd. Uh, you know, even though, yeah, it's in China and like you're – you know, we are audio wouldn't be broadcast to the audience like you don't you don't get the feedback of like them getting hyped up for the key moments so uh, feels like you know especially as like a play- by-play cast you kind of have to try to bring a little bit of extra energy uh, but it's just hard you, you can't replicate that feeling of like the crowd roaring and obviously we're not at the stage where like yeah you'd expect like a big live audience most of the majors tend to only do like the last what three to four days in a stadium uh, but I think you know, it does feel a little less hype, uh, but the Dota has been pretty entertaining. I, I know it for me at least. I know a lot of people are sick of the patch, uh, ready for a new one. Uh, I didn't have to cast, cast this patch, so uh, you know, I did watch a lot of it. But it's, I think it's a little different when you're like casually spectating. So,
3: yeah, I've been having fun, uh, but I do feel like a little something is missing. fair enough but there is still again plenty to come as far as results go when it comes to the matches is there any are there any teams in this event that have surprised you specifically that you're entertained to see more of
2: well i think the biggest surprise overall um has been uh ig not so much at this event because i think they like they looked like they had some serious swagger at the summit but you know, if you go back to like before the minor, people might have thought they would win the minor. I think they're probably in most people's top two or three. Uh, a lot, fair number of people were saying Geek Fam. Uh, I don't think Chaos was or Quincy Crew was really even getting that much, you know, fan belief. Uh, and the CIS team, people were kind of looking down their nose at, saying, "Oh, VP's not even there." Uh, but I think like if you look from before the minor to now, IG has just like the way they're winning, like they just play with a swagger and you know, almost like cockiness to their play, uh, sometimes a bit suicidal, you know, Emo's a little clowny, uh, JT, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, bombast and gusto, like he was talking trash a lot at the summit. Uh, but yeah, I think the way that like a relatively inexperienced team is performing so far is, is pretty impressive to me. So I think they're the biggest overall surprise, specifically at the major. Uh, I would say J. Storm. Uh, I had not watched them that much in the qualifiers, but honestly, I did not really believe in this team. Uh, I think Liquid looked real shaky in their best of three yesterday. Uh, so I don't know how much credence I give to that J. Storm win, but, you know, they're top six at the major. NA Dota's looking good. All three <laughs> NA teams still in the upper bracket. 50% of the upper bracket teams are from NA. Uh, we'll see if that lasts after today. Probably. Uh, yeah, I think J. Storm is probably the biggest surprise within the major itself.
3: Yeah, J-Storm, absolutely. And I, I mentioned on our previous podcast, to me, they're a team that's like, I could see them getting top four, but I could also see them being eliminated in and, and the best-of-one lower finals, or lower bracket, excuse me. So, hey, they're, they're, they're looking like a team that potentially could be top four at this rate. They obviously go up against TNC uh, coming up here. By the way, are you going to be – cat? you mentioned you're, you're liking to watch some Invictus gaming. Of course, they were the minor winners after all, so you got to know them very well. Uh, they match up against EG tonight. Uh, are you casting that series?
2: No that I think that one is grant and fogged, so we get a nice unbiased n a dota cast uh, to bring you the match, but I mean honestly, like as far as like non n a teams go, i think i g you know feels like a team that American fans can get excited about just because like they play very up tempo, they play very aggressive, you know they're not that like old stereotype of like you know Chinese dota where they're just farming and playing defensively and you know, but they're picking Pudge and Diving Towers. So, you know, even if IG takes it, uh, I think it'll be fun to watch. And uh, uh, EG should win, you know, on paper. Like, this is a superstar roster. Uh, anything less than winning this major is a disappointment, I think, for EG fans. Uh, and, you know, uh, most likely they're still giving it back to TI even if they underperform at this major. But it, it is your best shot to just, you know, secure a strong position in the DPC
3: early. Well, something we have to constantly remind people of is I'm sure they're aware, but you have Secret, you have OG, you have X Liquid. They're not at this event, and they are likely to be at future events, of course. So again, there's that much more opportunity at this major to earn points. So yeah, a team like EG certainly uh, should be one of, if not the favorite. So uh, they they have a long journey ahead of them still, but it's going to be fun to continue to to watch it develop. But talking more well, instead of talking more about the mage though again you guys are coming fresh off of the summit event so it's been an interesting lineup for you in terms of you had your summit which i'm sure had a lot of preparation going into so and now here you are not much of a break in between now casting the major from the bts studios how's it, how hectic has it been these last uh, couple of months specifically with uh, with the dota scene at least
2: yeah, so for for me personally, uh, my involvement is mostly just casting. You know, I, I I am like somewhat involved in all of our events, whether they're Dota or you know Smash or CS:GO. Uh, but Dota generally is not really like I'm not too involved in the uh, like the planning and operational side. I think it's been a big grind mainly for the people behind the scenes, like our broadcast and production team. Uh, you know, set, like setting up for the summit means like you've got 55 player PCs, monitors that all have to be tested, configured, you know, and nothing really replicates. Like when you put a pro in there, because even like the slightest lag is something they'll notice, and uh, you know, a production guy may not. So um, setting up for that event, our first live audience at the minor and then straight into preparation for the major, like they've been feeling the grind really hard. For me, it's been, you know, pretty chill. <laughs> uh, I only had need to do two BO3s a day. You know, I've got other stuff I'm working on, but the Dota side of it is, you know, it's, it's been a good time. Uh, but I, I got to, you know, give uh, some love to the people behind the scenes who who make uh, casting a lot easier and less stressful.
3: Sure. Uh, so, uh, but again, you, you have the knowledge. Maybe yourself hasn't been as involved in it, but you have the knowledge. I mean, I'm actually curious. Some, it's been a very successful event over time. Obviously, it has this very niche kind of style to an event, a very fun, laid-back atmosphere. But as you mentioned, this is the first time you really had the live crowd, especially. This was an official DPC event. What did that entail, and how... Were you nervous at all that this was uh, going to be difficult to pull off, or were you confident with your team and what you guys could do?
2: You know, there's always there's always things to worry about with every event, uh, even if you copy the formula um, completely. And so this, you know, was a twist. But man, our our first Dota Summit, like I was running cables for the entire production setup all night. I did not sleep. Uh, there's actually footage of me like being told to go to bed by k-pop-tosis uh brian heron who was our our producer back then at like 2 p.m i literally was like conking out in the middle of the cast on the first day because i was so tired so compared to that event where like we were losing internet pcs were crashing we didn't even know if we're gonna pull the damn thing off we had man showing up to the house saying hey you know i heard burning's here can i get his autograph uh bernie had not arrived yet um taking pictures of the house putting them on sgammer like neighbors getting pissed off like compared to that you know i don't know if anything will ever beat that level of stress and like holy shit can we even do this and you know back then it was like a team of four or five people now we have 25 people in the u.s office and like 30 something total so you know it's not like a three four man operation anymore behind the scenes. so uh yeah definitely stressful it's like oh my god what if the fans bother the players what if the talent get annoyed you know what if it kills the vibe but Uh, you know, I think the talent that we brought out really did a great job. Like Slacks, all the fans were saying how much like it was great to interact with him. You know, they really had a good time, not just when he's on camera, but just like, he'll just hang out and play smash with them. You know, Grant is the same way. Uh, Really all the talent uh, were very social with the fans. So I think they felt like they got like a great behind the scenes experience. Um, It is a little interesting having a minor where there is such like a big, you know, prize, the DPC major slot you know, up for grabs. But I think the team still made it pretty fun. Like Quincy Crew was ca- casting quite a bit or, or Chaos and, you know, JT was talking smack. Uh, even 178, you know, had some comments. So I feel like the team's kind of, you know, a lot of lesser known teams that actually lends well to the Summit format because they like, they want to grow their brands. They've seen some of these bigger names in the past, you know, use that platform. Uh, you know, no back in the so smart days and things like that. So, you know, maybe wanting to, you know, stake their own little claim to fame, even if it is uh, even if it is a minor and a lot at stake.
3: Absolutely, BSJ. You got any questions?
1: Oh, my major thing that I so since you stopped casting, I've kind of begun casting. Like I kind of never really overlapped that Take together, an hour, yeah. and uh, it's just funny. <laughs> You're working i Man, you know. Uh, uh, what I'm saying is like uh, uh, that's obviously not the emphasis is you right now because I'm wondering. <laughs> I hear I watch your stream. I watch your cast yesterday. And obviously you have your one-liners in the, in the game, you know, that are part of the compendium. And I was wondering, like, do those, like, zingers, you know, the, like, gotcha, like, little sayings you use, do you, like, ever think of those ahead of time in the game, or do they just happen in the middle of the team fight, like, very naturally? I can't recall exactly what you said yesterday, but they're, like, diving the base. Defense you said, like, of the
3: Ancients, yeah. It's the yeah. very end of the game, I think.
1: Yeah. You just, you just said like three lines in one team fight where I was like, wow, where does he come up with this crap? Like it it, it flows well. Like it really does. I think it's super entertaining, but like, is that something that naturally came to you as a caster or you practice that for casting? Is that just who you are? I, yeah, so I
2: think, that. Uh, well, obviously you can't really prepare for that, right? Cause that was like a 70 minute game with a 60 K net worth lead and <laughs> defending against mega creeps. Um, so that one definitely not rehearsed. Uh, I don't really rehearse lines um, or try to come up with like stuff in advance. I know some, Some casters do that, but it's usually more for jokes or, like, little zingers. Like, Blitz used to do that when we were casting. Like, how am I going to burn LD at the Frankfurt Major? (laughs) Uh, You know, we couldn't get Toby, so, you know, we got (laughs) LD here. (laughs) Um, You know, so I think, like, more, like, interactions with your co-caster are things that you can rehearse. But I think, you know, because what you say is so dependent on what's going on in the game, um, it's really hard to plan in advance, at least for me. Uh, So I don't really... I'm all improv, which means... Sometimes you whiff, you know, like, if, if, if like the fans decide they like your commentary, I think they tend to make you look good. Like they're your own best promoters because they clip the moments that are good. You know, they don't clip the moments where you fumble and then, you know, make the hate threads about you, you know, not to say that the tides can never turn against someone uh, who's, you know, formerly well-liked, I'd say similar in CSGO is a good example of that. Mm -hmm. used to be beloved and the fans kind of turned on him. So he went to Overwatch uh, yeah, everyone has their ups and downs, but uh, I do think like it's kind of like the social media age, right? Like, you know, you see people's like w- you see what people want to show you about their lives on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. And yeah, I think the, for every one of those moments, where, like I say something you know, it's hopefully sharp or insightful or funny, uh, there's definitely those moments where like I either say something wrong or I kind of fumble. Uh, you know, but yeah, I'm all I'm all improv. I don't really rehearse. I was,
1: yeah, I was just curious because yeah, you know, it's something where a lot of a lot of viewers, like I, I used to watch Dota all the time back when you were casting, but you kind of forget what people bring to the table, and you're watching like, oh yeah, that's why I remember them being good at what they do. So for me, since I started casting, I'll sometimes kind of study other casters, and since I hadn't really had the chance, like I look at casting a different way now than I did, you know, two three years ago. So that's why I was really wondering. I hadn't looked at someone like yourselves casting before uh, this tournament itself. So it's been quite fascinating. So I appreciate the background on that
2: one. Yeah, I think for me, uh, my strength is more like wordplay and, you know, those little moments. I like you look at like Toby. He's just like raw hype and energy in team fights. You know, Owen is just that insane stamina and like kind of the horse race thing. Like, and then going crazy when, you know, things really exciting happen um i not to say i can't bring the hype uh but i i don't think that's my biggest strength so you know i try to find something memorable to say to really like you know make people remember the fight
0: yeah,
3: yeah. right plenty of those lines and yeah, you know, kind of on that topic here you mentioned more recently that again you're coming back to casting just to i, wa- I want to kind of clear it up here so is are you back to full-time dota casting now is this is this your thing once again
2: uh, okay. So I'm never going to be full time the way that I was like when I started. So when we started beyond the summit, 2000 towards the end of 2012, after TI two was when we really got serious about it. Uh, it was a Dota studio and as a two man Dota studio. So basically all we did was cast Dota, right. Um, you know, now we're a company, we're running events for 10 other games, uh, or we've run events for 10 other titles. And I think we're doing like at least eight or nine just next year alone. Um, and we do a lot of other stuff besides our own summit events. So, you know, I'm never going to be full time. All I do is cast and live, breathe Dota, as much as, you know, that was a wonderful stage of my life. Uh, you know, I'm in my 30s. Uh, I have a dog to take care of, and she's one year old and she's a lab. So that's like basically like having a baby who ha- can, you know, run five miles a day. <laughs> it's a lot of work, uh, you know, and I think, like, honestly, it was too much for me. Especially the traveling, like it's very hard to maintain. I'm sure you guys know this, like any kind of diet, you know, consistent exercise regime, your sleep's a mess. Uh, Not to say it's not a privilege to get to travel the world and talk about video games for a living, but it is also a grind to do it full time. So um, I'm enjoying it. I think if events want to hire me, I will take future gigs and I'll see how it goes but i'm not going to be like trying to get every gig i can you know casting four events a month constantly on the road uh that would be a disservice to everyone to be on the summit Um, i think there's a lot of other great talent out there who deserve opportunities and frankly like i just don't want to live that lifestyle so uh, i think you'll see me cast in the future uh it just happened to work out that you know we were hosting the first minor here in la so it was very easy uh for me to cast that and then the major coverage happened to be offsite. Um. So things just kind of align that I'm doing these two events back to back. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be doing every event moving forward, uh, but I'm also not ruling out, like, taking opportunities as they, you know, come if they make sense.
3: Very cool. I All mean, that uh, you, you mentioned that, uh, obviously, BTS, and we know this, BTS has been very involved in other games not just Dota. Uh, so not to go too off topic here, but, uh, again, personally, I'm just more curious yourself being a a very good caster within dota have you thought about casting other games or some of these other titles that bts is running
2: oh yeah i'm a great overwatch caster (laughs) uh yeah i i don't know i've it's hard to pick up other games um i know some casters have successfully made the transition uh, probably the most notable is like Doa Monte Cristo, going from League to Overwatch. And I think similar to the same from CSGO to Overwatch. Uh, I think you have to be a full-time talent to switch games. It's a lot easier to, you know, it's like losing weight, right? It's a lot easier to maintain a weight than it is to lose weight. Uh, so you like really have to invest yourself. And I think it's similar with casting, like to learn how to commentate a new game, to learn the history of the players, the memes, the... You know, the storylines, the mechanics, the patch and all that stuff. Uh, that's just a whole nother level of commitment. So I don't really see myself cast the other games. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Maybe there will be something I just fall in love with. Uh, and then that could change. But for now, I, I don't see it happening.
3: We're still also young, LD. So there's still plenty of time ahead of us. I don't this. know, man. I'm feel
2: I'm <laughs> feeling my years. You know, these these late night shifts are rough, uh, and you definitely got to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm trying to be a healthier human being nowadays. Uh, but it is
3: it is tough. All right, uh, don't want to hold you on here too much longer, but you have a couple of questions I certainly need uh, answering. Uh, one is actually from one of our viewers in chat, I see. Uh wants to, wants to know, and I'm generally curious as well, about Purge's segment that he had with the ironing the shirt. Whose idea was that? Where, where, where the hell did that come from?
2: So, I mean, I think the general idea for the show uh, was – Basically, we wanted to, you know, we knew the coverage wasn't going to be in China. That'd probably come as a little bit of a disappointment to fans. Uh, you know, we didn't just want to copy TI. They have the late night show. Uh, and the late night show here would be, like, starting, like, anywhere from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. in the morning Pacific time, depending on when the games happen to end, you know, because they play matches back to back. They don't, like, wait uh, if one match ends early. Um so we didn't want to do an end of the day show and the timing just made sense to do something at the start of the day. So that's why it's a morning show. Um, well, I guess it's technically the evening here, but for a lot of the viewers, it is morning time. Um, I believe it was Dakota who decided it would purge would be great for it. Uh, he's also local to us. so it's a little bit easier as far as like the different segments in the show. I think like the general like kind of categories, like having like the perch purge, show, purge shows you how to do something. Um, the viewer question segment, the, you know, the, I don't even know who came with the book reading thing, but it's some combination of Dakota and Purge. Uh, I think Purge told me he pretty much didn't rehearse any of that stuff. He had a few kind of jokes or lines that he prepared during rehearsal, um, but it was mostly off the cuff. It's not like he's really off a of script. So, I mean, the man just, the man knows how to deliver some dry humor. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's that's absolutely true. i tell yeah, you really is, good he's gotten in really real funny the last couple of years. Sorry, yeah, what was like
1: that? I said when you're around him in real life, it's like, you're just like, what? Like, <laughs> half the time you don't even think he's joking and you're laughing at it. And then you realize he is joking.
2: <laughs> he's like so deadpan. It's like there might be something dead inside of him because I don't know how he can pull it off so consistently. So then you realize his kitty has got that little glint in his eye and uh, yeah, the delivery <laughs> makes it for sure. I agree.
3: look forward to more yeah credit to dakota and purge i think it's pretty much been the two of them awesome and i'm still more to i'm sure still more to come again as we got the whole week here into the weekend so yeah hopefully
2: i'm not spoiling anything too much but purge will be teaching something new every night so uh, you can look forward to that more highlights uh some guests some viewer questions uh we'll have the whole shebang for you guys tonight and, and the rest of the major
3: Great stuff. Nice. All right. The final ultimate question. Who's going to win MDL? I got to put you on the spot. Who do you have winning it all?
2: Oh, that's one. Okay. So I feel like it's kind of cheating to even say TNC. Uh, Cause we, we've, we've only, we've already seen that half of the bracket. Um, I'm also not that sold on them. Uh, they look kind of shaky. I'm going to go out on the limb here and say, I think IG can do it. I think they come in with insane momentum uh, they to me, they're either going to like dominate this major and go all the way, or they're just going to blame out. You know, be way over aggressive against EG and completely implode. But you know, I'll put my you know my chips on IG, and you know, hopefully they make the Dota Summit look good and you know get some of that DPC minor hate to dissipate. <laughs> cool to see a minor minor champ win a, a major. Yeah, and this,
3: yeah. If there's ever one to win, this is probably it. With the the big four out of the picture yeah we, we had one last year and we had that happen last year once and uh, definitely both of us uh, both bsj and i are sold on uh, ig being having a good chance so we'll see we'll see There's, uh we'll find out ultimately into the weekend how it all plays out here but l do you want to thank you as always for joining us really do appreciate it uh any shout outs anything else before we let you go uh shout out to you two fine
2: gentlemen been in, listening to the last few podcasts it is hard to stick with a podcast in dota 2 with all the tournaments happening you know casting commitment streaming but uh you know shout out to promo code bsj and uh thanks for having me on uh and i guess big shout out to the whole crew beyond the summit for making the minor possible making the major possible uh on such a back-to-back schedule they've been really grinding on the production team and uh, all the viewers at home for watching
3: all right, LD, I thanks again. I know the hours are tough right now, so I really do appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll be watching tonight, man. All right, take care, guys. You too. All right, so again, LD joining us on the podcast. Uh, was expecting it to be some good content, and he definitely delivered right there. Talked about plenty of things, from obviously the minor to what he thoughts on the major and his uh, personal career a little bit. So, Interesting to hear across the board right there. But I I do got one thing that was really interesting to me to hear was... He's not, he's not as involved behind the scenes as I thought he might have been. Obviously, I know he is very important when it comes to uh, BTS and everything. But uh, right now, he's just hes just enjoying casting. So that's, you know, that, that's good for him. Obviously, it could be a stressful job. But it sounds like they do have a really good team. I've had the chance. I know you have as well to meet a lot of their behind-the-scenes team, especially. And uh, they're, they're pulling off some good content with not only Dota and all their games, and uh, Beyond the summit. certainly has had an enjoyable journey to watch and uh, looking forward to seeing much more of it.
4: Yeah,
1: I can relate to him in a lot of ways when you talk about, like, the early days of Beyond the Summit as, like, a streamer myself. When you're trying to get noticed or put on the map or, in general, have your content appreciated, it just takes twice as much work than, it, than is sustainable, honestly. You just can't do that forever. And so I can respect that he's like, yes, I'm very interested in Dota still, and I would love to cast, but I'm, I just can't do that anymore. And I can relate to that as much as anyone else. Uh, in the esports scene for myself. You know, I used to stream plus... I used to stream 60 hours a week plus do other stuff. And it's just like eventually your body just can't handle it anymore. I mean, it's really that simple. Uh, So I respect... I like to see that he comes back. I I honestly couldn't remember what his casting was like compared to from my viewpoint now. You know, you just see it in a whole different light once you start doing it yourself. And I thoroughly find him very entertaining. I think his like one-line zingers, I'm like, oh, that's random. Like, that's a nice little... Into the to the team fight that just occurred in front of me, but that's just something something that I wouldn't do. So I find it fascinating for people to have a different take on something I do as well. So pretty much enjoy watching him, cast.
3: Yeah, it's uh, he, we're going to see more of him tonight and throughout the rest of the event. And like I said, I don't know if that that's the line that you're getting at, but again, there was the one line last night that he had that was in that first series. Uh, that game one of TNC versus Alliance at the very end, he's like, "This is defense of the ancients, baby!" As they're attacking the throne and trying to destroy it, it was, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to do that, and I've I've maybe had the chance to do a couple of my time, but he's certainly the king of it. Is uh, is LD? So it's a uh, it's fun. The classic to.
1: wow himself, you know.
3: Yeah, <laughs> there, there's been some good ones there. All right, uh, so not, uh, you know, no, don't want to keep things too much longer on this show, but I still think a couple more uh, topics to go over before we, we do wrap things up as a whole. But uh, still sticking with the major, of course. Uh, figure just uh, kind of some straight up questions, some fill in the blanks to help with some discussion here as we move forward into the week, and then, of course, into the weekend and finding out the MDL champion. Uh, the first one being the team that's likely to have the best run currently in the lower bracket. So, again, it's depending on when you're listening to the show, it could be a little bit different. But as we're live recording, we have Liquid versus E-Home, Alliance versus Aster, and then you also have Fnatic and Beast Coast are down there. So right now six teams are down there, as we see. Of those six teams, who do we have uh, having the best chance to go the farthest?
1: Um, I think if, if Fnatic's able to take out either IG or EG, I think they're going to be the most impactful from the lower bracket. I think they had one of the hardest groups, Vici and Alliance, probably the strongest duo, I would say, that qualified uh, to upper bracket. Like, if you combine the first and second team of both groups, I think that's the strongest too. So I think Fnatic, even though they're like in there with Alliance, uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction based on what I saw in the group and say that IG is going to beat EG and then EG is going to lose to Fnatic. I think that's my bold prediction. So I think Fnatic's going to be managed to take that game and they're going to keep going uh, maybe top three, top four for Fnatic.
3: Wow. That, that, that's a bold prediction. So yo, you have yeah. EG getting knocked out in the round of two in the lower bracket. Yeah,
1: man. Ooh. I mean, I think, it, I didn't think this would ever happen at the start of the tournament, but based on who they're playing, if they were to lose and they, like, obviously they're playing IG now. And if they were to lose, they would play Fnatic. I think this is like the best script possible for that exact scenario to okay. occur. So I will not even say that I fully believe it's likely, but I think it's <laughs> way more possible than people are saying it is. Sure. Or like the people would initially think it is. And I don't think I'm like crazy to predict that that could
3: happen. I mean, so. that's fair. They, they lost a liquid two one and we're sitting here, not having a lot of hype on liquid coming into this event. So yeah. I, I suppose, and this is a new roster. So yeah, it's, you kind of maybe have to remind yourself of that. So it yeah, maybe isn't as crazy, ridiculous of a, of a statement to make. Uh, I don't know if I'm sold on that, but that, that is certainly a bold prediction right there. Uh, as far as the six teams that I have moving further and having the best chance, I, I honestly like Alliance on what they're doing uh, recently. Yeah. I, I haven't been the most sold on them in the early parts of the season with the roster when it was announced. It's a very good one. Uh, but uh, I didn't even think that they were going to be better than the old Alliance squad, but, frankly so far it feels like that they have been and uh, they're matched up against Astor right now but uh, they, it's possible they could play Liquid actually in the next round if it lines up that way so where they both win that's going to be a fun one of course uh, and they could certainly uh, go dare I say all the way to the finals even again we remind that there's three of the big game teams are not even in this event because of taking the break so it is open and I have Alliance uh, so that's going to be my bold prediction Alliance going to the finals there you go
1: I don't I don't think that's too far-fetched at all that'd be my other team would
3: be alliance for sure yeah all right uh another question the team that has impressed me them or impressed us or me whatever uh the most at this event is blank um so I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with what we we're talking about right there but is there another team that maybe stands out if anything
1: it's just IG Guy G, time and time again here. I mentioned it last week. I mentioned it before the minor. It's not that I didn't expect this, but I just want them to keep going, and I'm on the hype train. I think them and TNC are the two teams to beat in the sense that they have their own play style, and you have to actually address it in order to beat them. Like, you can't just do your own thing and beat them. That's kind of what I feel about these two teams, which is really unique. I'm not saying they're unbeatable, but a lot of times a really good team like Vichy or EG can just beat teams by doing their own thing. And I don't think that's going to work against TNC and IG for this tournament. So IG is my team.
3: Okay. Uh, I'll go with TNC. Uh, TNC with the ESL victory. Yes, that was a good victory, but as we're even seeing now, Gambit losing in the lower bracket, best of one, that was a team yeah. they beat in five games in the grand final. So it's like you take that in consideration too. Really was that the most impressive tournament win. But they're proving right now that uh, they they are a hot team. They they are they're not afraid to run their own strategies. We talked about the safe lane, nice stalker. Obviously, they love running that whole morphling shaker and can also go against it if the other team picks it against them. So uh, they're right now against J Storm in that upper bracket final. Certainly a very winnable match for them there. This is TNC well on its way to at least getting a top three finish, if not even going all the way and uh, claiming victory as well. So uh, TNC for me would have to be an impressive team. But you know what, that in mind too. Of course, I think, obviously, Honorable mentioned J-Storm, right? And <laughs> J-Storm's matched up against them. How about J-Storm and the fact that they're, they're where they are? That's uh, pretty incredible, too. J-Storm
1: will be my most impressive team, regardless of the results, if they win one more series. Okay. Like, regardless of who wins the tournament, if J-Storm wins one more series, they will impress me. But as of now, they've beaten Beast Coast, Gambit, and Team Liquid. So for me going into this tournament I was I said I thought Team Liquid was going to get bottom four. So the fact that they beat Team Liquid in my eyes is still not that impressive. So like if they could beat TNC or even just make top 4 by winning the next round of the lower bracket Jay Storm will impress me. All right.
3: And the, the ultimate question we asked at LD we have to ask ourselves now that we're down to 12 teams and on this uh, show by the next time or by the next podcast we will know the actual winner of the event. Who the hell's winning this thing, BSJ? Who is winning MDL Major, the first Uh, Major of the season? I
1: said it at the start, and I know it's a cop-out, but I said it at the start, so I can't really feel bad for it. I said TNC is going to win at the start, and I think they're going to win it still.
3: Okay, sticking with TNC. I'm going to go TNC as well. I I just talked about how impressive I have been with watching them, and maybe I've had the chance to actually watch them more than some other teams, so perhaps that's part of it too at this major. But uh, they have been looking so good. I go back to their matchup against a Storb team that's had a – Good run, but you did bring up a fair point with the matchups to get here in the first place. I think they're easily getting to the upper bracket finals and then on their way to uh, claiming the title of MDL champion. So you and I both on the same page. No no argument here for me, um, but I know it's it's going to be a fun tournament finish to see how it all plays out. And still so much can happen. Again, there's so many questions. The idea that EG could potentially be knocked out in just a couple of matches is uh, is crazy but it, it is certainly possible with who they have to go up against so uh that that continues on tonight as we're doing the live show starts at 9 p.m eastern tonight with the first series uh vici gaming versus fighting pandas from that winner bracket there so there we go. The MDL major going to be continuing so much more to uh, to watch and be entertained by. Uh, a couple of uh, other notes before we do wrap up, though. Uh, Pain Gaming disbanded, by the way. Pain Gaming announced earlier today, well, maybe late last night. Either way, they announced that they disbanded, of course, a team from South America. Uh, no longer a team. Uh, we'll see where their players end up eventually. Of course, a full Brazilian squad right there that we're looking at. And 40R HFN Lellis, the and 444. they one position. So they were at the minor. They they went winless at the minor. Who knows? Who knows where they're going to end up? But any notes on that? Yeah, I mean, your other note. Just
1: uh, I kind of want to con- con- I want to group these two things up. And your other note is that Madara leaves Ad Finum. And I just I think in the current system right now, if a team performs really poorly at the minor, it's hard to validate staying together whether that means you kick one or two players whether or not you just completely disband entirely that's pretty much the problem with our system that we're going with right now um i think the minor helps out a lot for teams that uh are on the cusp of greatness but for the teams that are on the cusp of that cusp they're kind of just they're kind of just fall flat you make like two thousand dollars each for two months of work and then you call it a day it's like what you know you can't validate to each other that that's enough to stay together, especially since losing in Dota is just so frustrating. Like that's, I think what the average viewer can't really comprehend is imagine how upset you get in a pub when you're losing and how frustrating that is. Imagine being in a team setting, you know, where you're always losing together and there's just that little bit of tension that evolves over time and being right there for so long or being so close to, you know, on the minor and stuff, it's just so stressful and so demoralizing that for me, it makes a lot of sense. That teams like that will either disband or go through change. So it's yeah. sad to see, but at the same time, it doesn't surprise me. The, which the, is
3: sad. Well, and I mean, you're you're absolutely right, and we've touched on that a couple of times, right? The whole tier two plus scene is it. There's something that continues to need to be done to help it make sure it sustains and develops players for the future. Because we have a lot of great players right now, but you know, it's who, who knows how long things are going to last before uh, things. Uh, you know, start uh, going downhill. But as of right now, it is working out. But again, we're talking about the future and what, what's going to come of it. Exactly. Uh, I will say uh, of those, I'm a little less surprised by the Madara one. I, I think Madara, not only in the past, has showing that he's, he can play on some top-tier teams, but Adfinem um, is dealing with the European region that – we keep stressing. He got X Liquid. He got yeah. Secret coming back. He got OG. That's they to had even, their one shot. Exactly. To even qualify for the minor again is certainly not uh, guaranteed. So I think uh, that that's understandable. Pain being in South America, I, I, I am a little more surprised by that. But that's fair. It's their decision, and uh, maybe some behind the scenes. You never really know some tensions, as as you pointed out, perhaps part of it. So that's it though i think uh, we covered what we wanted to as far as our uh, podcast show goes this week again recapping a little bit but also previewing plenty more to come and one more time a huge shout out to ld for joining us uh, awesome to have such a legend on the podcast and looking forward to hearing his cast and more throughout tonight as well as the rest of the event but bsj anything else before we wrap up
1: let's go yg Even though i love it it
3: and a Dota looking strong right now, but IG is as well going from the minor. Will they be a major champion on top of that? We're going to find out. Will it be TNC as we predict? Will it be IG? Will Beast Coast go all the way? Who the hell knows? Anything can really happen the rest of this tournament. But, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy watching it. We'll see you guys next week, as always, every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Until then, have a good night. The Wamba po- Combo Podcast coming you. To- <laughs>
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.
4: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.